Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast. And as we are in financial reporting season, this week we have a results special for you. And my name is Chris Bowne. I'm the web editor at Hotel Analyst. And joining me around the desk of Insight, we have Andrew Sankster, the editorial director at Hotel Analyst, and also Catherine Dogrell, our perspectives editor who's been busy writing up all of these financial results and much more. We're going to start off by talking about uh, Accor, no longer Accor Hotels. Um, and uh, Catherine's actually had the opportunity to have a chat this week with Sebastian Bazan. So Catherine, they never fail to surprise us these days. What are the many things Accor have announced along with their financial results? Um, yes, surprised us, surprised their, surprised their shareholders. Um, share price went down 4%, um, but um, Sebastian Bazan told us that he thought it was going to go down 5 so that's a bit of a win. Um, they announced alongside their results, um, about which nothing had significantly changed since the capital markets day, it was all looking good, um, that they were going to invest €225 million Euros over two years on loyalty, partnerships and brand marketing. And uh, eager viewers of the Accor story will recall that €225 million Euros is the popular figure they like to invest whenever they're trying to jumpstart something. So a few years back, it was €225 million Euros invested in technology and whatnot, and that had varied results, but mostly good. And now it's on to loyalty. Um, um, and uh, so Sebastian Bazan was talking a lot about how they need to start competing with their American loyalty buddies. They reckon that they're getting about 30% of bookings from loyalty. It needs to be more like 45. And to do this, they're going to move from being product to more consumer facing. And the consumers they will be facing mostly are the people attending um, <clears throat> Paris Saint-Germain football games because they're going to be uh, the all, their new loyalty program is going to be the shirt sponsor which is very exciting. Um, the most exciting part being the fact that Marriott International have just um, shirt sponsored at Manchester United and on March the 6th, so just at the tail end of the Berlin conference next week, they will be playing each other. So the match of the loyalty programs, who will win? Um, should wait and see. <laughs> but, uh, but intriguing times at Accor, they're attempting to um, kind of Pinocchio-like become a real boy now, become a proper consumer entity, which is something we don't see a lot of in the hotel sector. And we'll have to see whether 225 million will work. Um, Sebastian Bazo wouldn't be drawn on how much this was going to cost the owners in terms of the loyalty programme, although that will no doubt all become clear. We hope they like free shirts. Yes, it wasn't perhaps the best um, structured release of information here. I mean, why would you have a capital markets day and then a couple of months later announce a rather major new initiative? Um, the first rule of investor relations is don't give any surprises, especially if they're negative surprises. And this was a negative surprise. Um, and actually, it had all been going pretty well for Accor up until this point. So, I mean, unlike, say, IHG, who we're going to be talking about a bit later on this podcast, Accor's managed to spend some of the money it's made um, from flogging properties. So it, uh, the project Booster, it got 4.8 billion euros, and it's managed to spend around 2 billion euros on M&A. So sort of 40% or so. Um, so well done Accor for that. Um, but now they've gone and sort of in my view, I think they've dropped a bit of a clangor. I'm just not sure what this is all about, this augmented hospitality business. And certainly the press release in its marvellous American English didn't make that any clearer. And I'm not sure um, that sponsoring a, well, you know, a second rank football team. they got Neymar, what are you talking about? a lot for you. 
<laughs> yeah, but the reality is that they're not one of the storied um, soccer teams in Europe. So they're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're not Juventus, they're not Real Madrid, they're not Bayern Munich. Um, and, you know, they're not, depending on which ranking you look at, but they're not in the, certainly not in the Forbes top 10 of, of Euro- European soccer clubs. I mean, you know... I'm, but but, but I'm Sebastian Bazan wasn't the CEO of, of Real or... <laughs> <laughs> or Juventus or anyone else <laughs> in a former life. <laughs> well, I think that's going to. Well, that yeah. Well, that's going to be a worry, isn't it? Because it does signal, you know, one thing they ought to be moving away from is is this too cosy French uh, relationships, which which you know French corporates do have a reputation for. And I rather fear that that flags this up as an issue for Accor. Um, I you know I hope they're promising we're going to hear more next week about this this new initiative this all um initiative um but let's hope there's a bit more flesh on the bone there that's a little bit more compelling than what i've seen so far um i i certainly am not convinced i mean accor has had a good run um its shares have been significantly re-rated thanks to its switch into asset light i just wonder whether that good run might be coming to an end i i think they need to start delivering on some of these promises now Ooh, okay. Um, well, maybe the good times are over at Accor. Um, but uh, move on now to another couple of companies that put their results out this week. Hyatt and Intercontinental, uh, both acquisitive hotel groups. One's been a bit more successful at acquiring recently than the other. Catherine, what were your takeaways from uh, reading over their uh, results and hearing what the, the chief executives had to say. Uh, yes, well, IHG has been acquiring brands and things on its merry way to having a giant portfolio just like the big boys. And uh, Hyatt is still suffering from not having bought NH. Um, as you can imagine, this seems to have irritated them no end. And they made it very, very clear in their earnings call that they were definitely in the market for something, preferably European, and it didn't have to be luxury. So anyone who's trying to get rid of anything European that isn't necessarily luxury, you know who's dirt doorbell to ring. Um, so yes, at IHG, um, they've been all excited recently by Six Senses, which we talked about the other week, and um, then are now floating a new all-sweets upper mid-scale brand. Um, and we look forward to being told that this is nothing to do with Airbnb, um, as seems to be the uh, current state with brands which look a lot like Airbnb, uh, but are not competing with them at all. So we'll be intrigued to see how that goes. They didn't have a great deal of detail on, uh, on well, the name or when they were going to be signing too much. But um, but they were still reasonably cheery, cheery about China, uh, not too concerned about Brexit for somebody who uh, who <laughs> has their headquarters here. So we should all take hope from that. But yes, I think Hyatt was definitely the interesting, more interesting of the two in terms of we want to buy and necessarily in the area where we're looking. So they're trying to broaden their segment, much as uh, IHG is, but I think they're willing to take on real estate as well. I don't think um, IHG are signalling they're not prepared to buy. Um, I, I think IHG was early out of the asset light uh, gate, um, and they they completed their disposals, or ten billion US dollars worth of disposals, but gave most of that cash back to shareholders. Um, and unfortunately, they didn't invest or buy anything, and they've only just got round to it. Now they've got a new CEO in Keith Barr. Unfortunately, Richard Solomon's missed um, probably the biggest opportunity, which was Starwood, um, and that's going to haunt IHG, I think, for some time. Um, but they are making a decent fist 
in my view, of getting a good collection of brands together and which look a reasonably compelling proposition uh, for owners. Um, and I, I think a lot of the initiatives they're doing, they have a great record for having good relationships with owners. Um, and I, I think a lot of the initiatives they're doing look very owner-friendly. I do like this uh, technology partnership they've got with Amadeus, the cloud-based res system, Concerto. Yes. And scope for, it's now, um, for being it, very interesting, in fact. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's now moving into the second phase where um, consumers are going to be able to, to choose their own rooms on it. Mm. And the perspective is that... Um, they can yield managed room types now so you can charge a bit more for that top floor room with a ocean view um and maybe sort of sh shift um the bargain basement bits in the ones near the lifts and so that, that's a smart move i think it's good the question mark i have against this though is that hoary old subject of otas and um Morgan Stanley dug out some numbers on the um, how much um, the OTA share had grown, and and it's now at a whopping eighteen percent of bookings. Um, and IHG Direct, uh, it's Digital Direct rather, is twenty three percent, and the OTA piece grew significantly faster than the Digital Direct piece. And I think that's a bit of a worry. And um, one of my big concerns is the benefits of all this new tech that's coming in, and all the new, the, I, I think, the fantastic ways you can sell your rooms. IHG are insisting that they're only available through their own digital channels. I think that's a mistake. IHG should just embrace consumers whichever direction they come from and allow them to pick their rooms even if they book through an OTA mm. um, and I, I think that's going to be a switch and I think the first of the global brand majors who who recognize that they actually need to start direct stop having this farce of trying to compete with people who are spending 10 times 20 times more than them on marketing and actually truly embrace them as partners and truly um, leverage all the scale and, and system strength that these OTAs have I think uh, the first global brand major that truly embraces that is is going to be a winner here um, I you know, I'd like to see IHG do this, but that they are resisting it so Yes, far. I do find it utterly, utterly bizarre that in the hospitality industry, if you've booked the wrong way and bought your room the wrong way, you can guarantee that you will be punished when you turn up at the hotel of your choice. Um, doesn't happen, John Lewis. There you go. It's yeah, very quite odd. Exactly that. I mean, the, 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 there's a straight choice here. You know, are you customer first or are you customer and owner? Um, and they'll say, oh, we're both, we're both. No, you can't. You've got to make a choice. Um, you know, it's a bit like Mrs. May here trying to keep the sort of Brexiteer diehards happy and keep the Remainers happy. Actually, she's going to have to make a choice at the end of the day. Um, I'm desperately trying, <laughs> I'm I'm desperately, I'm trying not to say things about here. being stuck, <laughs> either stuck <laughs> next to lift shafts or pushed down lift shafts. So... <laughs> Yes. In connection with Brexit, yes. Quickly. Let's move on, quickly, quickly. <laughs> okay, let's move on to our third topic of today, and we're going to talk about two more hotel groups. Um, the uh, the brands, the guys that are much more involved with franchising their various brands, Wyndham and Choice. 
and uh, I give them choice of prize because they are I think the first hotel group that I've seen who's actually said their outlook is for zero rev part increase in the first quarter so a succinct admission there I think that uh, the American market is certainly flattening off um, Catherine what else have you learnt from having uh, a, a closer listen in? Yeah I like to ride my downward cycle I like to ride my bike um, and Choice and Wyndham are happily embracing this part of the cycle um, and they are looking at conversions and new builds and, and refreshing your prototypes and it's all about fantastic new economy mid-scale fun that's going to be great because of course um, much as the OTAs are looking forward to hotels being unable to sell their rooms and swooping in and getting a profit um, the choices and windoms of the world are looking forward to the fearful independence looking for either something cheaper or another way into the market or a new brand that will give them that important flight to brands that one sees in the downward cycle and the comfort and uh, enthusiasm of massive massive brand stables so this is what they're all looking at and uh, and so far it seems to be working out really well for them um, they're getting a lot of new construction they're getting a lot of conversions and they're looking to take some of this massive enthusiasm and take back a lot of power and control that you wouldn't necessarily expect the franchise always to be that much into and following their successful purchase of the days in franchise in China Wyndham announced that well you know maybe it'd be nice to have some of the other ones back you know we've been doing this for the last decade and they're looking all over Asia and Canada at things they could take back control at which I'm sure has got nothing to do with Trump but uh, that, or Brexit or, or Brexit. Any, anything political this is all all about economics um, <laughs> so don't look up don't look that way but, um, but yes they got rid of all their they emitted all their master franchise their master license agreements and now they're thinking maybe they should take them back and why not and um, as we've discussed many times uh, on this podcast and in Hotel Analyst there's a lot going on in the stack in these days in hotels and maybe it's time to reduce some of it I know Andrew has some thoughts Mm. So, um, yeah, I've been getting some stick, actually, for the, the leader I wrote in our print edition, which uh, um, was um, the headline was Welcome to the Downturn, where I was pointing out, actually, we are clearly now at the end of this current cycle. Um, and, and I think what Choice said, it had the best development year in more than a decade. Um, it's, in other words, it's best development year since the recession. Um and I, I think we are, this is yet another indicator in my view that we are um, at the top. But the numbers were looking pretty good, um, as you say, Catherine, for both Choice and for Wyndham. Um, in terms of, I mean, the most interesting bit for um, our listeners really is what's going on outside of the US. Um, and 5% um, net room count increase um, over at uh, um, Wyndham and nearly 6% over at Choice. So I think that's pretty good numbers um, in terms of the growth internationally. And I, I think you're right in terms of taking back and and to further this um, they are going to have to end a few more of these master franchise arrangements I think um, and, and as focus on on that brand piece and, and and focus more and more on the system delivery component so they're talking about 50 to 60 percent system delivery which is pretty good um, but they, they need to tighten that up and that is weaker outside of the US and they need to focus on driving that harder um, internationally and certainly some of the owners I talk 
talk to, you know, are supremely hacked off um, if system delivery starts getting down into the sort of, you know, even in the single digits I've heard in some cases um, from one of those two um, companies, actually, um, brands, which is far too low and it cannot justify a franchise fee if that's all your system's delivering. So they've got to work a lot harder on that and ensuring that their brands make sense and are able to, to deliver something for their owners. Well, thank you very much for your thoughts on that, Andrew. And as ever, um, if you like what you hear, you can read more about it by signing up at hotelanalyst.co.uk to receive our weekly perspective feature-length articles complete with facts, figures and perspective comment. Uh, That's all for this week. We'll be back next week. And until then, goodbye.